Hey team, welcome back to The Pillars, the podcast of the 363rd ISR wing. If you're new to The Pillars, each week we talk about a topic related to health and human performance. And today in the studio, we've got Tech Sergeant Joe. Hi. Tech Sergeant Jackie. Hello. Chaplain David. Hello. And myself, Dr. Reed. And uh, today we're talking about trust. And Joe, this is something that you wrote about uh, pretty extensively recently in one of our Five Minutes to Thrives. Why don't you get us started? Yes, um, trust, this is the fourth part in our five-part series on healthy relationships. But today, trust uh, is something that we deal with on a daily basis. You know, when we get in the car on to drive to work, we trust mm. that the other drivers are sober and <laughs> safe and going to get to work, you know, just like we are, right? And so trust is something that is little, right? Little everyday things. And then it's huge things like significant relationships, right? When you go to your supervisor about something, there's a trust level and it's all variable depending on how we feel, past experiences. So when you guys think of trust, what do you guys come up with? It's kind of the, the glue that binds our day-to-day -day activities together. It's that uh, provides continuity in our relationships, whether that is romantic relationships, interpersonal relationships, or just even in a in a workplace setting, trust has got to be there. It's the currency that we kind of operate with with other people. Definitely, and I think that we've seen situations and how difficult or just ugly they can be when there is a lack of trust. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think the many different hats that we wear, I mean, that really, there's something to do with the trust and what level you're, you're operating on from the beginning. So, for example, in my role as a chaplain or a religious affairs airman, someone coming to us may have a, an assumption of trust that they give to us a little more freely than they may someone that has hurt them or wronged them in the past. I'm glad you mentioned that, uh, just that kind of professional level of trust that's, you know, for folks in the medical field, uh, we do a lot to kind of, I would say, police ourselves so that we appear trustworthy to the uh, public so that people will have confidence in us and want to come talk. Um, so trust is, uh, is really important when we're wearing that professional hat. You know, I found that sometimes, you know, hearing Chaplain David talk about people coming to talk to us, it just occurred to me that, you know, in a first introduction, it might be surface level, right? Like they just have a surface level conversation with us. And we've probably experienced this, Joe, in coaching mm -hmm. as well. You know, somebody wants to talk about something or they want to be coached on something and it's surface level because they haven't quite built that trust, right? Like you mm -hmm. haven't proven yourself as someone that they can trust to talk about big stuff. So the first conversation may be, and even with a new subordinate or a new supervisor, that first conversation may be very surface level, but as we prove that we're trustworthy and we're a good source of trust, people may then escalate the things that they're willing to talk to us about. I think that's so important. That I mean, that's definitely been my observation as a therapist, right? So someone comes into the office and chances are they've been holding on to whatever it is they want to say for some time. And uh, sometimes what you'll experience is people will come in and kind of drop that information that they've been holding on to because it's burdensome and it's heavy. And a lot of times you'll find that people don't come back for a second session. And it's not always easy to know why that's the case, but sometimes it's because people might, you know, think to themselves, gosh, I let a lot go there. 
after hearing something like that, how would, you know, how could anybody want to hear more from me or want to stay in a relationship with me? And maybe that's been the case mm -hmm. for, for folks in their, in their lives, but therapy is supposed to be something different, right? Mm -hmm. Therapy is a place where you can kind of come unburden yourself, talk about all that stuff you've been carrying, and the person that you're working with, developing a relationship with, is supposed to be able to hold all of that for you. It's Because trust is a value, mm -hmm. right? It's a belief that we have. And all our values and beliefs are, are different, but sometimes just even being in the military, like, hey, you're my supervisor, there's mm -hmm. a, a level of trust supposedly built into the system. So you go and you utilize that level of trust, and then something happens and you feel like there's now been mistrust, sure. right? And so now you're very suspicious or you're hesitant, right? Right. So I, I get that opens it up a little bit to how would you handle that if, if a trust has been broken, what are some steps we can take in order to rebuild that trust? The only word that comes to mind that is like my nemesis is vulnerability, mm. right? Taking the tiniest little ounce of just vulnerability to experience or give the opportunity to somebody to prove you wrong or to do right. I think vulnerability is the word for me. Which is probably the antithesis of what yeah. you want to demonstrate yeah. when yeah. you're, Most right? Definitely. It's the last it's thing you want to do. Complete but opposite. I, I, I think I agree. I don't know that there's another way to kind of recover and come back except through some kind of incremental showing of vulnerability. Because mm -hmm. it's possible. If you've been burned in the past, mm -hmm. it's possible that when you're showing those kind of ugly or not so shiny parts of yourself, which will happen inevitably mm -hmm. in the context of any relationship, whether that's a romantic relationship or a work relationship, people are gonna see the not so beautiful parts of you, right? And it's how that information is dealt with, you know, whether a person's gonna be condescending toward you or otherwise, uh, that's really gonna inform whether or not you're able to add that kind of incremental trust. But I think it's on both parts, right? Mm -hmm. Both parties. Yeah. So if you are the burner or you, the, you know, who did the burning, it takes both people to rebuild that trust. It's not just on the person who, you know, maybe wronged another person to essentially beg for that trust because how, what, how is that making them feel, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's, yeah. that's not a good feeling to feel like I'm constantly working for your trust and you're giving me nothing. Like you're not meeting right. me where I am. But also on the person who feels they've been wronged, you know, it goes on both sides. Like everybody mm -hmm. of the party has to work to rebuild that trust. Otherwise, and, and both parties, I think, have to be vulnerable mm. to you know, even if it's just incremental, like you said, yeah. it, it has to be done by both parts. Right, and I think there's a level of intentionality. It's one of my favorite words. <laughs> you need to be intentional on both sides, and intentional in understanding that a trust has been broken, and if you're the one that's done the, the breaking the trust, that you need to take those baby steps or, or show a pattern of, of consistency. And in the same way, taking that first step of vulnerability if you're the one that's been burnt. But also, I would add to that, uh, the person that has been doing the burning as well uh, it may not be as what folks may see or perceive as, as being burnt. Maybe they don't have the full picture. So I would say if you feel like you've been burnt or that trust has been broken, make sure you get in the full picture because otherwise you're starting to burn that person and then they come back and say, hey, you didn't have all the information. This is why it seems like I burnt you. But that's not the case. I had this to do and that to do. So Jackie, your point is uh, that both sides need to uh, reestablish that trust. And you're talking now about Chaplain David about being 
um, a lot more intentional in those efforts. And uh, it made me just think of a situation, Joe, you and I have both worked in ADAP for a long time. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes it's some kind of um, alcohol-related incident that brings someone into uh, the ADAP program. And usually, in my experience, um, when uh, commanders, first sergeants get around the table with treatment staff as well as the member, there's kind of this deliberate planning for a way forward that mm -hmm. uh, that the member understands kind of what the path toward restitution looks like and there's some accountability around the table. And I think that can kind of help to build in some of that predictability um, that, that's going to be helpful in reestablishing trust. Now that's not to say that um, I haven't also heard from airmen in the context of treatment that they're not sure that they can ever get out from underneath kind of um, the mistakes that they've made, um, no matter um, the efforts that they perceive that they're going through to kind of establish that trust. And you're right, I think we don't always know both sides of the story, um, you know, especially in those kinds of settings where we're hearing from one person. Uh, but I, I just wanted to underscore that, yeah, I think that to the extent that we can be intentional um, as um, uh, in these kinds of situations will do a lot toward kind of restoring trust in, in relationships. Right, and I'm glad you brought that up because I think there is that level, because um, I know sometimes it's really easy to let go of our trust, you know, just have it broken and say, well, I'm not gonna repair that, I'm not gonna work on that without truly understanding all the parameters, everything that went into it. And I think that goes back to reframing and helping each person to be able to develop that trust again. I want to see if we can take the conversation in a little bit different direction. Here we've been talking about trust in kind of work relationships with supervision or leadership, um, and it's good discussion. Um, and our conversations tend to go in a work-related direction mm -hmm. oftentimes. But I want to see if we can bring it back to interpersonal relationships. And in particular, I wanted to kind of pose the question to you guys. Uh, Chaplain, you're certainly familiar with this. In, in my practice, I'm familiar with um, having people come in and talking about uh, infidelities or kind mm -hmm. of and that's a pretty big rupture in, in a trust relationship um, that's a lot more significant than maybe, hey, you said you were going to take the trash out and you mm -hmm. didn't take the trash out, right? So we can all acknowledge that infidelity is kind of a big one. How do we encourage people in those kinds of situations to develop trust? Well, are, we, are we encouraging people to stay in relationships that are, are bad? or What do, what do you guys think? I don't think that that's an encouragement to stay in a bad relationship. Even if that person decides to leave the relationship, there still may be a lack of trust in a following mm -hmm. relationship Definitely. You know, in the future. So it's not necessarily you should stay in this relationship, but they may become you know leery of being in any kind of relationship in the future if any kind of trust is broken. You know, there may be a a barrier that's holding that person back. Mm -hmm. well, what I've seen when it comes to trust is people develop beliefs based on what they've experienced, right? And so trust is another one. So when you come from relationship after relationship where there's been trust or infidelity, like I had a, a, a airman that I was coaching and she wanted to be in a healthy relationship and she was in a healthy relationship, but she couldn't trust because in her mind and her belief system, eventually someone cheats and overcoming that was so difficult because what she had created for trust as a belief was eventually it's going to happen so let's just sabotage now so i'm not hurt later on that note you know if you make a decision to anyone to stay in a relationship or have a relationship you almost have to in order to have a successful relationship 
you have to almost like force yourself to remove those barriers. And mm -hmm. that's not to say it's easy, Ooh, but it's possible. Like you have to become vulnerable mm -hmm. to get rid of those barriers and think about what do I really want? What is impeding me from having this great relationship? What am I doing to contribute to not feeling like I'm I, like I can trust. Well, and that's interesting that you're talking about from the person's perspective, right? So like internal growth and, and kind of some of that insight, but it's so easy to just look out and, and just yeah. project, right? Like yeah. they're untrustworthy because they did this to me, mm -hmm. right? And so it's so easy to keep the vision out from yourself. So I think, I love your point, you know, look within yourself, you know, how are you contributing to this trust issue? I think you did a good job, too, of highlighting that fine line that people walk. You know, we're trying to balance um, increasing our, our vulnerability again and at the same time maintaining safety, whether that's physical safety yeah. or emotional safety. We are, you know, and, th and that can be really difficult. And it just means probably that the efforts, the efforts are going to be painstaking and slow. And when there's been a rupture in the relationship, you've probably seen this uh, when you're talking with people, there's a desire, kind of like with children, right? When they get in trouble, they want to restore. Mm -hmm. They want to be in their parents' good graces as soon as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. And parents want to grant that as well because they want the good juju to be going in their relationship again. But when there's been a, a significant rupture, like an infidelity or something like that, it may be that one or both people wants to get back into each other's good graces sooner rather than later but there's probably some wisdom in taking the slower road and, and kind of rebuilding that trust. And that means you're gonna have to sit with some discomfort for a while, but ultimately, if the relationship is going to thrive again, or maybe thrive for the first time, mm -hmm. um, you're gonna have to be very intentional about it, to use the word that you used, uh, Chaplain David, and you might have to, to sit with some significant discomfort as you wade through that process. I mean, inevitably, it can be done, right? Like, it, I think everybody has been through some kind of, even as small as you can imagine, relationship where maybe trust was broken a little bit. But it, it is a possibility, and trust can be rebuilt even once it's been broken. And is it worth it? I mean, what do you guys think? Is, is all that effort worth it in the end? I think it is if it's towards someone or something that is giving that same level of effort back like you had yeah. mentioned it's a two-way street um, it doesn't do anybody good if they're trusting their significant other who then it was maybe the person who had the infidelity but doesn't grasp the seriousness like ah you should get over it right, right. so or it continues or continues that, right definitely and so i think that is part of that idea of you know choosing to trust sitting in that discomfort but then making sure that when you're doing that, it's with the level of trust that you're receiving back. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, the idea behind individuals, and, and we're using the case of infidelity within a marriage, but uh, using that as an example, both have to come together and determine what they truly want. Mm -hmm. And once they have that clarity, and as you had said, Dr. Reed, about the whole, I just want it fixed, you know, oh, yeah. whether it be just because I, I don't anybody know we're having issues and I don't really want it, or I just want the yelling to stop. Um, some people may just say whatever it takes. But I think getting to the very core of it, what is it that you both want? And then setting up those progressive steps of trust. It's got to be seen. Words are cheap. One of my favorite pieces of musical theater, because mm -hmm. I, I do like musical theater, 
I'm not afraid to admit that to the listening audience. We appreciate your <laughs> openness. I appreciate your vulnerability Thank you. and yes. honesty. And Thank yeah. you. And you have our trust. trust we trust that we won't make fun wow. of that later. That felt wow. really good. It all came That's together. really shut me down really quick. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I had to say it before you got your shots in. I know. I appreciate Thanks, trust. musical theater. Yes. <laughs> So the Music Man, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with uh, the, the Music Man, but uh, there's a character in there, uh, Marion the Librarian. And we learn that Marion has been burned in a relationship in the past. There's not a lot of time spent talking about it. Um, and the, the phrase sadder but wiser uh, comes, from, uh, comes out of that musical in describing kind of her approach to life now. She's been through some stuff. She's sadder as a result, but she's got some wisdom that mm -hmm. she's going to take with her as she moves forward into... Uh, relationships. In this case, it's with a uh, traveling snake oil salesman <laughs> that she's trying to develop this relationship of trust with. So she's sadder and wiser. But I think for me, the implication means um, she's going forward with life. And where I see where I see people make a mistake, and it's not that I don't understand it, and I don't want to come off judgmental, is that some people will err on the side of, I'm never going to trust again. Mm -hmm. It's just safer for me if I don't grant trust to to people because after all when that's happened in the past i've been burned and i'll spare myself so much pain and suffering if i just kind of shut that down and unfortunately while that may feel good in the short run of course and i wouldn't fault anyone for taking that approach but you're going to increase your risk for a whole host of uh, well mental health challenges alone depression mm -hmm. anxiety that sort of thing and you're going to take hits to your quality of life mm -hmm. and, and and there's a decent chance that that will snowball um, and, and then you've you got to kind of dig out from underneath the mountain. Well, as always, team, good discussion. Uh, lots to talk about today on the topic Definitely. of trust. And appreciate, Joe, the opportunity to kind of talk about these qualities of healthy relationships. And again, thanks for listening to The Pillars, the podcast of the 363rd ISR Wing. I'm Dr. Reed. I'm Sergeant Joe. Sergeant Jacqueline. Chaplain David. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time.